Hello and welcome to the Trade Success Podcast. My name is Alice Boyd and I am joined today by a very, very special guest. We've got Jeff Allen on the line today. How are you going, Jeff? You're really good, Alice. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, so, Jeff, you have extensive experience in sales and business development or BDM roles, uh, mainly in the renewables and utilities sector. Um, you've also managed really large sales teams in uh, a bunch of different industries. Um, tell us a little bit about your career so far. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I kicked off uh, relatively early in the renewable space back in 2011. Prior to that, I've always been in energy, uh, mainly around retail energy, but um, yeah, kicked off down in Melbourne uh, for a very small solar company uh, where I was a, a BDM um, for residential um, sales. And yeah, it was it was at the time that there were heavy uh, government incentives to get into solar, so it was an incredibly busy uh, period, but there was you know, a lot of... Um, a lot of interest in that space uh, due to those incentives. Um, and I was there for sort of three or four years before uh, moving back to Canberra where I uh, led a team of BDMs uh, in the solar space amongst other um, other business units. Um, and yeah, I, I guess that progressed into more of a commercial focus uh, in solar. Um, but we're, I was a BDM for a, a smaller uh, company here in Canberra, um, targeting those commercial and industrial um, customers. And uh, yeah, so that that sort of the last eight years, and now I'm uh, focused more on the utility sector. And um, you know, there are some synergies between those two as well, but um, really around opening doors and and getting to uh, lead others or, or whatever it may be. Um, so fairly diverse. So that the last eight years um, in, in BDM space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's why I really wanted to um, chat to you today because a lot of our uh, members of the Academy and also people that listen to our podcast um, in the trade space, they we've got people who have who are sole traders all the way through to, you know, 40, 50, 60 employees. So really large size um, and the smaller businesses who are focusing on residential, commercial, um, industrial in all different sectors. So your sales experience, not only as an individual salesperson, but also leading teams of salespeople and motivating them to actually hit their targets and continue to hit their targets um, is something that's really valuable for our our members because you cover that huge range. So um, I guess in terms of you know where we'll start today, I'd love to hear more about your experience when you were selling for yeah a couple of different companies there um, in the solar space um, as in the private and the commercial space. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'll probably focus on the experiences in Canberra because it was a more um, more level playing field by way of competition because there were less you know government incentives and and motive for people to take um, take up solar, but. Um, we were working for a, a, a very small uh, startup uh, company that um, provided services to builders, um, and those services were solar, hot water, um, solar hot water, insulation, and, and everything else. So, um, being a startup, you know, there was a lot of 
energy that needed to be put into building up those relationships and getting the brand out there uh, in the first sense. Um, and, you know, we all knew it wasn't going to be an overnight um, success to getting all those leads through the door, but it was heavily focused on uh, relationships with the builders. And, you know, it was quite tough because builders are busy enough as is, uh, you know, with their night home and going home with paperwork and whatever it may be. Um, so for us, it was uh, very grassroots going out on a building site and introducing yourself, uh, you know, with, with supporting information on what services you provide and, and how you differentiate yourself from, um, you know, someone else providing similar services. Um, so it was, yeah, a, a tough slog and a quite challenging going out in that environment um, when they're busy um, uh, out on site as well. So that's sort of where we started. Um, post that, it was really around um, developing on those relationships, understanding what projects they had coming up, you know, current and, and future, uh, and having a clear understanding on what our services or our products, um, how they could fit in as well. Mm. And I love that you just use the word grassroots there because as a startup size business, you, I can imagine, didn't really have many relationships and so actually had to, yeah, get out there, introduce yourself and shake some hands in order to start the leads coming through the door and actually see the results from that. Um, a lot of our members will often ask me in our sessions, in you know our incubator program and also in our peak performer program, um, I don't know where to get started. Um, and this idea of, I guess, reaching out to businesses, introducing yourself, shaking hands, making a few cold calls, all different sort of outreach methods, it's quite foreign to a lot of our members. Um, I'd love to hear, yeah, what, I guess, where you would recommend people who haven't done this sort of work in terms of finding new business, um, where would you recommend that they get started or how would you uh, recommend they approach that? Yeah, look, uh, I think an approach of, of looking at what what you can do straight away, um, you know, I, I mentioned getting out there and, and shaking hands. Um, you know, in other, other streams, there are other products that were selling. Uh, there was a, you know, more of a residential focus. Um, and we would do some pretty simple social media um, posts uh, on a regular basis. Um, when we be successful in, in attaining a, a, a client, um, we would go back to basics and, you know, for example, we'd have a core flute uh, or a couple of core flute signs um, that would stake in the ground when we were doing uh, an installation. Uh, this was for solar, but it's a very simple, very cheap, cost-effective um, method of showing, you know, your end result uh, product uh, and attracting local um, sales in the region. Um, so we do that. We do, yeah, quite a bit of social media, um, and, uh, yeah, just, just being out there and meeting, meeting people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting how often some of the really kind of old school, uh, marketing approaches, like you said, core flutes on, you know, to actually showcase the sort of work that you've done with the local community. I mean, that brand awareness as people drive past or walk past when they're walking the dog is pretty powerful. So sometimes there's no need to overcomplicate things. Oh, no, that's right. Um, certainly don't overcomplicate it and um, 
I think also, you know, something that worked really well for us was uh, cross-business cross relationships. Um, and an example of that was, um, yes, we were working with a lot of builders to get our product out there. Um, and I'll use solar as an example, but trying to identify someone that, that would be able to act as a lead chain for us um, was really quite pivotal in us getting sales through the door. Uh, and the example is that, you know, roofers, when we're telling solar, a lot of the feedback was, was that we need to fix our roof first before we put something on the roof. Um, we thought, well, why not reach out to all these roofers that are up on uh, building uh, homes every day that have an understanding of uh, the roof pitch, the shading issues, uh, and lead off then for a bit of a lead gen uh, into our stream with that, you know, with a relationship or a, uh, an arrangement in place to to uh, reward them for that for that lead as well. I love that being really strategical when it comes to your partnerships. Not only thinking about the people who are going to be spending money with you, but how can you remove friction for the customer by actually, you know putting them in touch with a roofer so that half of the half of the legwork is done for them. Um, it's a pretty good example of, I guess, you know, really having a great, unique selling proposition, um, something that I can imagine a lot of your competitors in the space maybe weren't doing as well as you. Yeah. 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 Um, Quite wise. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we would be a lead gen for that roofer because if someone had a concern about their roof, um, we would send them their way initially, but same token when they're out fixing someone's roof that potentially hadn't thought of that product uh, in solid, um, you know, they would make that suggestion and provide us with a lead. So those types of relationships were uh, really important and um, especially in those early days, quite successful. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then in terms of, I guess, for some of our members and listeners who have quite quite large teams, um, they might be at the point where they're ready to say hire a business development manager or a BDM. So hire a full-time or a part-time salesperson to actually get out there, hit the road, hit the phones and start bringing more work through the door. Um, a lot of people might not have actually taken that step yet. What sort of advice would you have for business owners who are looking to have someone bring the work in for them? I think for me, uh, and I'll, I'll base this on my own experiences, is, is knowledge is power. Um, okay. so you can find the best salesperson in the world that, that can um, you know, sell anything, but really ensuring that uh, they're across the product. Um, so in those early days, spending a week, two weeks, sitting down with them, taking them out on site um, to really um, fully understand the product end-to-end uh, -end because if you're out there meeting people and, and shaking hands and you can't answer those questions and it can be quite hard to build that confidence and you know, be successful in that style. Um, so I think that for a starting point and really having uh, some clear objectives in those first three months around, um, you know, it's hard to have a sales objective from the outset facing mm. tight time that's really how do you measure how many interactions they're having? Um, mm -hmm. And setting some um, yeah, initial KPIs around, I want you to make 10 phone calls, um, 
attend face-to-face discussions uh, or door knocks or, or you know, whatever it may be. Um, and, and just starting with that and then growing it and, and you know, soon, sooner or later you'll have some sales KPIs and better understanding of, of what that looks like. Yeah, so um, setting some really clear objectives from the very beginning, even when people are in their, I guess, probation period when they're brand new to the company. Yeah, just getting out there. Um, you know, you need to do that 6, 12, 18 months uh, in advance as well. But um, clear objectives are what the expectation is around um, being out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of, I guess, Getting to the point where someone is ready to hire a BDM, they what would you say to our business owners who maybe aren't sure if they're, I guess, ready to bring someone on or if they just don't know if it's the right time or if it's for them in general? Yeah, it's a tough, tough question. Um, it's how do, you, yeah, how do you quantify that value um, by investing in, in someone? Um, Again, I, I just think it comes back to putting some feelers out there and, and really getting an understanding of, of the type of person that you'd want to bring to the business. Um, and, you know, don't set high expectations from the outset around getting sales from day one. If it's not working within the first four weeks, then, I'll, yeah, it's tough. But certainly it's, it's really hard as a, a business owner or a small business uh, to do that work yourself um, so it's it's certainly a, a really good investment to have someone boots on the ground and um, you know hundred percent of the time building those relationships uh, on your behalf. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's one of the biggest things that our members really struggle with is, of course, time. Um, wearing so many hats at the end of the day, you've only got so many hours in the day. So in our, I guess, our peak performer program, um, which is our top level program, we really focus on creating systems, um, hiring people in the team to be able to take some of the work off your hands so that you can actually, you know, focus on scaling the business and get back some of that time freedom in the long run, um, which of course, but yeah, we're super proud of those results. Um, now, Jeff, I really want to ask a little bit about your experience when you were managing uh, BDM. So you're actually managing a team of salespeople. Um, Sometimes it can, well, yeah, quite often it's really challenging keeping a team of salespeople motivated, um, you know, keeping them hungry, managing your own targets, I can imagine. Um, what sort of advice do you have for our members in terms of manage, like leading people and managing people and getting them to sell more? Yeah, great question. Um, look, I think everyone's different uh, and everyone will have a different leadership style yeah. uh, at the end of the day what worked for me is is that i was working for them and not the other way around so you know i would i would set the foundations of the expectations and uh essentially uh you know the key objectives that they needed to deliver um but my role was to ensure that they were educated across the product um any questions were resolved you know within a reasonable time frame and giving them, giving them exposure to um, what the end goal actually is uh, is quite quite important. So, you know, we would have uh, people on the phones out in the field selling, but they wouldn't necessarily see the end product or um, oh, yeah. 
you know, construction of that product or whatever it may be. So those, um, those experiences are quite, quite important. Uh, what, what we found challenging is, is, you know, in particular in, in, in sales, there should be a, a reward system in place to, you know, that carrot to keep them motivated, uh, as mm. well. Um, but it's a very tough thing to come up with, get right. Um, you know, ensure everyone's happy with, but certainly an element of their re- remuneration should include, uh, something that, uh, for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really commonplace in so many industries. I'd say the majority of sales roles do have an element of commission um, or bonus system, whatever that might look like. And without that, um, people are often like really good BDMs are often quite aware that they can make a lot more money elsewhere because most places will have a, um, a bonus system set up. So um, you, you just mentioned that it's hard to get that sort of right. Um, there's so many different things that come into it. Um, again, in terms of some of our members who might be new to this or they're looking to start to maybe develop a remuneration plan, where would you recommend that they get started or maybe some of the things they should just think about before they jump into it? Yeah, look, I think certainly looking at your your competition, I mean, that's, that's going to be the real risk is, is you hire someone, put so much time and energy into developing them um, mm-hmm. only for them to leave to a competitor six months down the road for a, for a better time package. So um, certainly I think doing a sounding process on on the competitors, uh, hey, yeah, hey, go about that. Um, I'm, I'm not overly sure, but... Um, uh, that would certainly help. Um, for me, I, I certainly think if you can create an environment that, that is hard to leave, uh, which comes down to uh, your team, the values, uh, how engaged your staff are, uh, that's also quite critical. Um, and yeah, you need to look at a lot of things, but work flexibility and uh, and the likes can often outweigh some of those other um, you know benefits within a role. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can throw as much money at someone, you know, as you think that will keep them happy. But if you have poor company culture, you'll probably lose really good talent really quickly because people don't want to be miserable at work at the end of the day. So, um, no, I think that's really great advice. Uh, now, Jeff, one one more small little sideways step um, that I'd like to go. You are currently working, um, still working in the renewables industry um but in slightly different spaces um i know that you have had some pretty cool exposure to i guess big industry in the renewable sector um this is maybe a huge question but where do you see things going like what are your predictions for maybe the next few years in australia in the renewables area very tough question uh <laughs> putting you on the spot <laughs> well no look it- the really challenging question is there's no doubt that we are transitioning to you know, a, a clean future and there's some um, very strong commitments by um, government to decarbonise by uh, 2030. So that's certainly in the utility um, scale energy projects. We're going to see a rapid deployment of those. Um, there's 
a huge need for firming or for storage of that energy because wind, solar uh, is very intermittent. Um, so I think we'll see a lot more of those style projects coming through from a from a you know a, a domestic point. Um, you know we've got EVs, we've got batteries, solar. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of focus on um, homeowners uh, not not necessarily moving away from gas, but looking at what they can control within the home wow. um, through you know some of these products. So you know I, I think in five years' time that there's going to be a, a, a great need for um, reduced energy, hot water systems, rooftop solar, um, embedded EV chargers and battery storage uh, within home. Um, the incentives are tailing off, but energy prices are going up. So that should be an incentive for those to um, to start looking at um, their options. Yeah, absolutely. Um, those huge targets, like you said, that are you know have been set for twenty thirty are pretty significant, and um, I think it's pretty important for people to be looking, you know, years ahead in order to stay relevant and competitive and be that first mover because lots of people will be, yeah, leading the way, and you don't want to get left behind. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you've got a really huge wealth of knowledge when it comes to sales and, of course, the energy sort of sector, but huge business, small business, um, and I guess everything in between. So thanks for being a guest. And we would love to have you back on the show. Um, guys, uh, subscribe to our channel and you can hear lots more about all sorts of tips when it comes to gaining time freedom, financial freedom in your trade business. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks for having me.